Tonight, God's Word comes to us from 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings 18. We are going to read the first 16 verses of this chapter, but focus tonight just on verses 7 through 16. 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's Word. After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. And when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs of water and to all the valleys, Perhaps we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive and not lose some of the animals. So they divided the land between them to pass through it. Ahab went in one direction by himself, and Obadiah went in another direction by himself. And as Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him. And Obadiah recognized him and fell on his face and said, Is it you, my lord Elijah? And he answered him, It is I. Go tell your Lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And he said, How have I sinned that you would give your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my Lord has not sent to seek you. And when they would say, He is not here, he would take an oath of the kingdom or nation that they had not found you. But now you say, go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And as soon as I have gone from you, the spirit of the Lord will carry you I know not where. And so when I come and tell Ahab and he cannot find you, he will kill me, although your servant have feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord? How I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And now you say, go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here and he will kill me. And Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him. And Ahab went to meet Elijah. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, tonight we have more of the story of the word of God returning uh, to the land of Israel. We saw last time that that word of God would, would return as an evidence of God's grace, even toward those who were not seeking him, God would go to them and provide them with life. 
I said last time that chapter 18 is probably the most well-known part of Elijah's life, the story of the encounter at Mount Carmel. We will get to that. Uh, we are getting ready for that encounter. Uh, tonight we talk about Ahab, uh, excuse me, Elijah, as he meets, uh, well, I originally thought two people. It was my intention tonight to talk about uh, Elijah meeting with Obadiah and then Elijah meeting with Ahab. But as the sermon grew and grew and grew and grew, I thought it better we maybe divide this up. So tonight we'll talk about Elijah encountering Obadiah and next week his encounter with Ahab. But in both of these, in both of these, we see God returning his word to Israel that he might be a blessing to his people. God fulfilling his purposes in the life of his people. Well, we read in verse 7, And as Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him, and Obadiah recognized him and fell on his face. Uh, this is a meeting that was orchestrated by God himself. They are both uh, traveling through the land, and God puts it in such a way that these two would come together. And what a blessed thing that was. I can't help but think how wonderful it must have been for Elijah. He has been outside of the land. First, he was by the brook, and then he was off in Zarephath. And now as he returns to the land, one of the first people he encounters is a prophet, a believer. What a blessing that must have been for him. What a blessing it must have been for Obadiah. This man who is a member of the king's court, surrounded by paganism, now goes to meet with the prophet. He gets to speak with the mouthpiece of God. What a wonderful thing this must have been, both for Elijah and for Obadiah. But it was much more than just a nice meeting between two men. It was a meeting between the prophet of God and the servant of God. Remember last time, children, we talked about Obadiah's name, means servant of God. Elijah, I am following Yahweh, prophet of God, servant of God. And in this, in this meeting, orchestrated by God himself, the prophet will give directions to the servant. He says in verse 8, well, Obadiah asks, Is it you, my Lord? And he answers him, Yes, it is I. Go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here. He has given a very simple instruction, simple command. You are to bring a message to King Ahab. Go tell him, Elijah is here. Now, this message is good news. It is good news because we read back in chapter 17 that Elijah said, there will be neither dew nor rain except by my word. And then God removes that word. And now the word of God is back. He had been gone for many days, three years. And now he returns. It is good news. The life-giving word is back in Israel. Obadiah didn't see it that way. 
He did not see it as good news. We'll see next week. Uh, Ahab did not see this as good news either. But whether or not either of them recognized it, it was a blessing. It was a good thing. The life-giving word is once again back among the people. I sometimes feel today that we treat the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, we treat it as if it's bad news. That somehow by sharing this wonderful truth, it might be harmful to others. But Jesus has come. The word of life. The word of hope. In fact, the only hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. We must be so careful not to treat this glorious good news as if it is bringing bad news. Now, to be sure, when we share the gospel, uh, people will need to be confronted with their sin. No one likes to be confronted with their sin. But but being confronted with our sin is not the gospel. It prepares us to hear the gospel. I had a parishioner one time, quite some time ago, and he was concerned because he, he did not think I was preaching the gospel properly. And I said, well, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, you don't tell us enough how sinful we are. I said, well, I, I can appreciate that. But how sinful we are is not the gospel. It's an important reminder, but the gospel is Jesus saves sinners. He saves those fallen. That's the glorious good news. We may not treat the gospel as if it's bad news. The gospel is a wonderful blessing that Jesus Christ is a sinner's Savior. In fact, it's the best news we could ever bring to anyone. Elijah says, go tell Ahab, Elijah is here. And Obadiah treats it as if this is bad news for the land. We read in verse 9, And he said, How have I sinned that you would give your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? That's a strange response. Elijah is back. The word of life is here. Rain and dew will come again. And Obadiah's response, How have I sinned that you would give your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? I would suggest that Obadiah responds this way because he is afraid. And he is afraid of two things in particular. First of all, Obadiah is afraid of the consequences of his actions if he does what Elijah says. If he goes to Ahab and says, Elijah is here, he's afraid of the consequences. He's afraid Ahab will kill him. He says that three times in this text. It says it in verse 9, that you give me into the hand of Ahab that he will kill me. It says it again in verse 12, as soon as I have gone from you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you, I do not know where, 
And when I come and tell Ahab and he cannot find you, he will kill me. Going on to verse 14, he says, And now you say, Go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here, and he will kill me. Obadiah is afraid. He's afraid of the consequences if he does what the prophet of God tells him to do. This is Obadiah. This is the one who hid a hundred prophets in caves. This is the one who cared for them, giving them bread and water. How strange that now at this time, Obadiah is afraid. When we think about that, what Obadiah had done to this point we read that he was serving God since his youth. What Obadiah had done to this point, he had done in secret. Now, by the nature of the act, of course, it had to be secret, but he had acted in secret. He had hid prophets away. Now, he is being called to go and interact with Ahab in a way that publicly says Elijah is here and he will become a part of that conflict that will unfold between the prophet of God and the king of Israel. He's being asked now to go and to take a stand publicly. Elijah, God's prophet, the word of God, has returned to the land. No longer following secretly, but following publicly. Today, it is easy for us to fall in to that same trap. It is one thing to serve God in our homes, to have our prayers, our Bible reading, our times of personal and family devotions. It's one thing to do that in our homes. Perhaps it's even one thing to do that here in church. As we gather on Sunday morning and evening as the people of God. But we are called to acknowledge God not only in our homes, not only in our church, we are called to acknowledge Him publicly, in the public square, to be numbered as a believer, to declare. God's word is here. God's word is true. Now, I, I think of this particularly in the life of our young adults. Those who will perhaps be going off to college or perhaps just moving out of the home, living on your own. No longer will you have mom and dad to encourage you in your devotions, to encourage you to go to church. It will be up to you. To, to follow in the path of Christianity that has been taught you at home and at church? Will you, will you follow publicly or will you retreat into a secret Christianity, a, 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 a private Christianity? Our walk with God is so much more than private. It should be noticeable when we are in the public square. Obadiah was afraid. Afraid that if he publicly does what God through Elijah asks him to do, there will be consequences for him. 
I would suggest that secondly, Obadiah is afraid of being disappointed by God. Look what we read in verse 10. As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my Lord has not sent to seek you. And when they would say, he is not here, he would take an oath of the kingdom or nation that they had not found you. But now you say, go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And as soon as I have gone from you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you I know not where. And so when I come and tell Ahab and he cannot find you, he will kill me. He's afraid that God's Spirit might take Elijah away. He will go and do what Elijah says, but he'll be disappointed because God will not follow through. The prophet has said, I am here. Go tell Ahab I am here. But, but if he does that, God might move him someplace else, afraid of being disappointed by God. Elijah has returned to the land at the word of God, and that word of God continues to be trustworthy. Obadiah had to learn that. God's word is trustworthy. We read in verse 13, has it not been told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, how I hit a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifties and caves and fed them with bread and water? He says, I have feared the Lord from my youth. He's known God is life. But has he ever truly put his faith on the line? He's afraid God will disappoint him. Would he openly, publicly trust the word of the Lord? God might disappoint him by, by taking Elijah away. I wonder if it's that fear that God might somehow disappoint us that keeps us from more actively sharing the gospel. A fear that, that if we do what God has asked us to do, tell others about him, we might do that, and the person that we talk to doesn't believe. Afraid that God might disappoint us by, by having us share the truth and the person not embrace the truth. I remind you, it has never been our task to make anyone a believer. It is our task to share the truth that we know. And those whom God has called will believe. God will not disappoint. He will fulfill His word. If we share the gospel and someone says, not come to faith, we have not failed. That's in the hands of our God. He has not disappointed us. Because it's up to Him who is saved and who is not. You know, some suggest that, that God's sovereignty in election is something of a hindrance to our evangelism. It's only because God is sovereign in election we have any hope in evangelism. God has his own. He has his chosen. And he will use us to bring the glorious message of the gospel to them. God will not disappoint. 
everyone whom God has called will hear that glorious message. God has chosen who will come. God has chosen when they will come. No need to be fearful that God might disappoint us. Elijah gives a word of encouragement to Obadiah, verse 15. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. He reaffirms the divine word. He's been sent back to the land by God, and he will see Ahab today. Obadiah need not fear. God is the one who's in control. God is orchestrating this meeting, and he will make sure that Elijah and Ahab get together, for the word of the Lord is true. Obadiah can trust that divine word. You see, part of the problem was that Obadiah misunderstood the relationship between the Word of God and the Spirit of God. The Word of God was the, that Elijah should go back to the land and he should meet with Ahab. Obadiah's concern was, but what if the Spirit takes you someplace else? But the Spirit of God never works in contradiction to the Word of God. Word and Spirit are never in conflict. Word and Spirit always work together in concert. It's not as if we read something in the Word of God and then the Spirit says, but I got something else for you. No, the Spirit directs us to the Word, enlightens our minds to hear the Word. The Spirit works in concert with that Word, not in contrast. The divine Word and the divine Spirit work together to fulfill God's purposes. The Word is the tool of the Holy Spirit. He works with it. He works through it. He works in it. This is where the Spirit speaks. And that's why we can be so assured of the Word God has given to us. A Word that is absolutely trustworthy. And as we hear that word once again tonight, we hear those words of promise that for all who will embrace this truth, for all who know God as their Lord and Jesus Christ as their Savior, we will be saved. The Spirit convicts us of that truth. He speaks through that word tonight. And He calls us to put our faith and our trust in the word of God which reveals the ways of God. God's ways with his people, that he will bring each and every one of his own into a relationship with him. We have this beautiful statement by Elijah, as the Lord of hosts lives. This is the first time in Kings that that phrase, Lord of hosts, is used, a reminder of God's power, a reminder of his sovereignty. He's in the God who's in control of all things. He will work out all things according to his word by the power of his spirit. Elijah says, I will surely show myself. Don't be afraid. Don't wonder if somehow the spirit will move me someplace else. The word of God comes, and the spirit in concert with that word declares the truth. The truth to Obadiah, we will see the truth to Ahab as well. 
that word of God powerful and working for the blessing of his people. God continues tonight to speak through that faithful, trustworthy word. By his spirit, he comes to us tonight to challenge us, to challenge us, to encourage us, to move us forward. And as he does, he, he blesses, us, blesses us with his spirit to give us confidence to do what God has called us to do. Not only, not only privately in home and at church, but publicly to stand for the truth of God's word, to stand for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's join together in prayer. Lord of God, we thank you for your word, for all of your word. The portions of your word which comfort us, which encourage us, those portions which challenge us. Lord God, we thank you for the call of the gospel. We thank you that by your spirit we have responded to that call. Help us, O oh God, to, to live out the implications of that. To live by your word openly in every part of our life. To share that word broadly with those around us. To take this glorious message of life, a life-giving Jesus Christ, to those in our own spirit of influence. We have one who is better than Elijah. We have Jesus Christ himself, the way and the truth and the life. Help us to share about him with those whom you place in our path. Give us a greater trust. You will not disappoint us. You will be faithful to your promise. We, not, we need not fear the consequences, for all is in your hands. You are the Lord of hosts. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.